Hello there, and welcome back to Storytime with Tremaine. Uh, it is April the something or other. Oh, it is tax day, yes. So it's April the 17th, tax day. So hopefully all your taxes are done, if you have taxes. And if you are a younger person that doesn't have to do taxes, thank goodness. All right, so... Um, uh, Again, I'd like to thank you for joining me tonight, or today, or whatever time you're listening to this podcast. I would also like for you to go ahead and subscribe to the station. We are on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, uh, and uh, Spreaker. So yes, go ahead and subscribe Subscribe to any one of those stations for podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. I'm also on my website. You can listen to their uh, podcast there. Well, we left you off with uh, part one of of Murder on McKinley Avenue, and <laughs> it was quite interesting. I quite enjoyed it. I don't know if you enjoyed it, but I quite enjoyed it. Um, what a mystery that was of who shot Justin. I We won't find out until today. So... Just uh, a recap of what happened. Remember, uh, Norman was downstairs. Or the, Norman went downstairs when the lights went out. Um, there was a bang and Justin was dead. And that takes us up to part two. Uh, remember at the end of part one, there was a, oh my God, shout. Someone called the police. And we didn't know who shot Justin. So... We are picking up there, and here is part two of Murder on McKinley Avenue. Hello, this is 911. What's your emergency? We need the police at 216 McKinley Place right away, shouted Terry. Okay, what should the police expect when they arrive? We, uh, we, uh, we... Norman takes the phone away from Terry. There has been a murder. My friend Justin is dead. The phone went silent. The operator did not know what to say. Norman hung the phone up. What happened here? Norman asked. No one knew. It occurred just that fast, but there were only two people in the room at the time of the murder. That left the possibility that the killer was Tina or Lisa. What was the motive? It didn't take long for the officer to arrive to the house. There was a knock at the door. This is the police. Open up. Norman opened the door for the police officer and the detective to enter. No one move, the detective said. Who is the owner? I am, replied Norman. We'll start with you. What happened? As Norman spoke with the detective, two or more officers entered the house and began to take pictures and talk with Terry, Lisa, and Tina. Norman recounted how the power went out in the house and how he had proceeded to check the breaker box in the basement. When he came back, Justin had been killed. The police were not buying his story. They believed somehow he was the killer. The detective decided to take Terry into the next room. Tell me what happened. Well, we were taking a break from playing Texas Hold'em. Who was winning? The detective interrupted. 
uh, Norman was winning, but I'm not sure how that relates to Justin being dead. It gives motive. Continue with your story. Uh, like I was saying, we had just stopped for a break in the action when I had to go use the restroom. I went to the restroom, and the next thing I know, the lights had gone out in the house. I heard Norman go to the basement, and then I heard a loud scream come from the room where the ladies were. I ran back in to see what was wrong, and that's when I saw it. Justin had been shot in the chest. Interesting, the detective responded. So you didn't see what happened? No, no, I, I didn't, Terry replied. Question took some time, but there had to be a reason for the death of Justin. None of this made any sense to Norman. Who wanted Justin dead? Was there a relationship that had turned sour between all his friends? Just as Norman was in thought, the detective broke his concentration. Here is the murder weapon, a Colt forty-five revolver found in the belongings of Tina. So the murderer has to be Tina, said the detective. That's impossible, shouted Tina. Why, said the detective. You had the perfect opportunity. When the lights went out, you reached in your bag, grabbed the revolver, and shot Justin with the roar of the thunder, virtually being discreet. That's a great story, but that's not what happened. Then how did you do it? I didn't. Then explain the gun in your bag. I can't. You have no alibi, so that makes you the prime suspect. Officer, you can't be serious, Terry inquired. Do you have a better explanation then, sir? Terry remained silent. I didn't think so, the detective said conceitedly. Tina, you have the right to remain. Wait a minute, Norman interrupted. You haven't given the motive. What reason does Tina have to kill Justin? We don't need a reason, the detective retorted. We have the murder weapon. What if it was a setup, said Norman. Norman, are you implying that one of us actually killed Justin? Lisa said with shock in her voice. Look, there were only three people upstairs as I went to check the circuit breakers. Terry was in the bathroom. He couldn't have done it. Lisa and Tina are left. Lisa, didn't you used to date Justin? Maybe it was you who shot Justin for breaking up with you and breaking your heart. You... You are the only one among us that won a trap shooting contest. That gives you the perfect motive and the ability to shoot guns. That's ridiculous, replied Lisa. Sure, we dated, and it didn't work out. That doesn't mean I wanted him dead. How do you know it wasn't Terry? He could have snuck back into the room during the blackout and pow! The group of friends instantly turned on each other heaving possibilities of who shot Justin. It was almost comical. While the friends were turning on each other, the detective began to wander around the house, observing his surroundings very carefully. He traveled to the bathroom and then to the basement near the circuit breaker box, scratching notes on his tablet the entire time. When the detective returned to the scene of the crime, he observed the friends all but clawing each other. That's enough. With that, the lights were restored. Everyone have a seat at the table where you were sitting during the game. 
Everyone sat down. Let's end this little charade, shall we? The detective strolls the floor around the table, pausing at each person when he calls their name. Norman. You are seated at the dealer position, giving you the eagle-eye view of everyone at this table. Norman left the table when the lights went out. Tina, sitting to the left of Norman, has a better view of Terry and Lisa, with Justin on her left. The projection of the injury on Justin is from back to front, ruling out Tina as a primary suspect. Justin obviously couldn't shoot himself. Terry, you said you slipped off off to the bathroom. After careful examination of the bathroom, you should invest in diapers because your aim is atrocious. You should be embarrassed. Even with the lights out, you know what water sounds like. However, your missed attempt at hitting the toilet proves your story. You are not the killer. That brings us to Lisa. The scorned lover. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa. During the blackout, is it possible that you went to your purse, which is located behind Justin? He wouldn't have thought that odd as you two had a familiarity with each other. You reached in your purse, pulled out the gun, pulled the trigger, and bang! It's possible. Lisa is the killer we are looking for. The detective walks past Lisa, pauses a moment. But that's not correct, is it, Norman? The light's going out. Now, that was clever. But you forgot the clock on the stove in the kitchen. Here's what happened. Norman so cleverly rigged up a device to interrupt the electricity in this room. When the lights went out, he slipped into the side closet, easing the door closed and making you all think he went downstairs to check the circuit breakers. Once Terry walked past the closet and went to the bathroom, Norman slipped out of the closet with his gun. He pointed the gun at Justin and shot him. BAM! With a crack of thunder. He then slipped the gun into the bag directly behind Justin and hid back into the closet before Terry came running in. He worked himself up in the closet and then came sprinting in the room, making it seem like he ran from the basement. Your killer is Norman. That's all that is that that is all very good story, detective, but you you have no proof, Norman replied. Sure I do, said the detective. Why don't you show them that electric interrupter you have taped to the underside of the table next to your right leg? Norman looked at the detective square in the eye, reached under the table, and detached the device with a rip of Velcro and place it on the table. Lisa gasped. How did you know? Norman said with a smile. 
You forgot to make the clock on the stove flash, replied the detective cleverly. With that, Norman sat back in his chair and started a slow clap for the detective. It was a clap. Only a sinister mobster would clap. At that moment, Justin sat up in his chair and smeared the fake blood. Well done, Bob. You really pulled that one through, Justin exclaimed. The friends were confused. What is going on here? Lisa shouted angrily. You wanted entertainment and you got it. That's what's going on here, replied Norman. But how did you pull this off? I called 911, said Terry. Terry, never trust that landline at a computer tech's house. I had the phone reprogrammed. You spoke with Bob here. These are some of my acting buddies from college. You were just treated to a murder mystery dinner, minus the cost. Justin was in on it from the start. <laughs> I got you all good, Norman chuckled. After the initial shock wore off, they all laughed. My goodness, Norman, you still are the best entertainer of all, all these after all these years. After all the confusion sat around, excuse me, after all the confusion, everyone sat around drinking and telling stories. It was just like old times during their college days. And that is the end of the story. Well, I hope you enjoyed that little turn of uh, turn of events there. Turns out that Norman <laughs> had planned this little mystery dinner party. That's uh, quite interesting. I enjoyed kind of writing that story. That was that was real fun. Uh, still friendly for kids if you want to play it for your kids if you've got nothing else to do. Again, I'd like for you to come on back and listen to next week's episode. Next week, I think we're going to do a play. So there will be several characters involved in next week's production, next week's podcast. I know you will enjoy it. Again, hit that subscribe button to either one of these pages, SoundCloud, hit that like button, hit subscribe on iTunes in the podcast section, listen in on TuneIn, listen in on Spreaker. I greatly appreciate it. I'm having a very, very, I'm having a lot of fun, excuse me, putting all these podcasts together, and I'm grateful that you're joining us. This one was a little longer than the other ones, uh, and hopefully we don't get too long. I always want to stay within the 10 to 15 minute mark. And I think I'm at that mark. Again, thank you for listening. I really enjoy your company, even though I don't hear you or see you. I get to see you listen to my show. And uh, I really enjoy that. Thanks again. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, come back next week for the play. All right. I'm out. Keep listening. <laughs>